I'm here with Rosanna Morris in the Cato Press. We're actually in the studio at the moment. You might be able to hear someone making prints in the background while we're talking. Um, so, Rosanna, how did you get started with the Cato Press? Um, Cato Press started... So I've been a printmaker for 10 years, printmaking, um, cutting wood and lino at home on my kitchen table um, and printing it by hand. And then it came... It was a drunken night in the pub at, at the Plough, which is our local. My partner and a, a good friend, Meg, who is an etcher, um, traditional etcher, and they realised through conversation that actually my partner had all the skills as a welder to be able to make a press himself. And traditionally, a press like the press we have in our studio would cost sort of somewhere between 25 to 30 grand. And so I'd never even conceived of uh, ever needing one or being able to access one. But they realised that he could do it. And he was really excited by that prospect. She was really excited by that prospect. I was really scared of that prospect. Yeah. <laughs> but they decided to do it. Um, and so we got some small grants and he started making it by hand. And it was going to be you know, a fraction of the price that it would normally be. Um, and he made a huge one. So traditionally they're a lot smaller than we've got, the one we've got here. But because I work so big on wood and Meg works so big, it made sense to us to make a massive one. And he wasn't challenged by that. He was excited by it. So he, he made this massive press. And then we had to find somewhere to put it. Okay. <laughs> um, and we were like, wow, we've got this now. We've got to put it somewhere. And we were really lucky that um, Meg already had managed to get a studio in Myvart, which is this huge building we're in now. Um, and we managed, yeah, we were very, very lucky to get this top floor studio. But our press is very heavy and it is the top of four flights of stairs. So it was a mission to get it up yeah, here. How, how did you get it up here? In many pieces and with lots of strain from Konstantinos, my partner. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was mega. Um, but yeah, so then we got it up here and then we had this huge open studio and we realised that it was too big for just me and Meg. Um, and those of us that were sort of getting it going. And so we built it into a teaching space and a space that we could utilise for events and to bring people into. Um, yeah. And, yeah. One of the main projects you do here is the, what did you call it, the Community Press? We, yeah, well, it's Community Print Nights. Community Print so Nights, So we run monthly Community Print Nights where we basically invite pe members of the community, people who've never done any printmaking before or people who are just interested um, but the idea is you don't need to have had any experience um, to come and join us for, you know, just a small donation towards the materials. And we work with different community groups or you, like local unions or organisations to create giant artworks on wood. And then we all communally carve them. So everyone who comes gets a chance to carve away at the wood, learn some skills and have a really nice conversation as you all work together on this project. Um, and then once that's finished, we print these huge banners and then they can be used by those local groups to promote their cause. So we've worked with um, unions. So we've worked with ACORN, the Land Workers Alliance, which is a farmers union. ACORN is a um, housing union. Um, Herbalists Without Borders, which is a local group to us who work with refugees and asylum seekers, providing sort of herbal health care. Um, who else have we worked with? We recently just finished a project with a national festival which was um, to do with conscientious objectors, so peace um, campaigners from World War One, and commemorating them. So we made two big banners for them. 
do you, how do you commemorate um, a conscientious objector? How did we com- how did we commemorate them? Well, we were telling their sort of hidden story. There's a couple of um, characters from the local area that n- we'd never heard of before we started on the project, um, and we basically made giant portraits of them. And whilst carving them, we were discussing and talking about what happened with them and their stories and sharing those with members of the public. And then we printed these big banners that were displayed at the M Shed on the weekend and will be displayed um, sort of in an ongoing exhibition. That's cool. Yeah. So what have you got planned for the future? What have you got um, in the pipeline in terms of projects at the moment? In terms of projects, so we're going to work with XR, the Extinction Rebellion, um, okay. which we've been trying to sort of organise for ages, but now it's going to happen. Um, so we're planning some really big pieces with them. So we've got some huge dragonflies carved out of wood that we're going to create sort of puppets for protest to be taken on, to be taken on protests. We're going to fire in the mountain and we're going to display loads of um, our previous blocks up there. We're also going to work with Friends of Eastville Park on some big banners to sort of make a... They want to make a welcoming kind of banner as people come into Eastville, make it more friendly and connect with the community. Yeah, and also a really nice one that I'm really excited about is um, we're going to work with the Bristol Bike Project with their women's group and make a big banner to sort of celebrate the women's group that's gone on for 10 years and no one's ever really celebrated it. Make a big woodcut of a woman fixing her bike and celebrating that. Sounds nice. It seems like you get a lot of commissions based on celebrating things, which must be quite nice. You're not just like advertising or anything. It's more of a um, positive it's all That's about nice, that, yeah. yeah. It's definitely it's like working with grassroots groups and celebrating what they're doing because that's that's what a woodcut is really. It's if you're going to go through the the sort of time it takes to carve it out of wood and then print it in this really analog and slow fashion, it's got to be positive, hasn't it? Really, at the end of it, <laughs> you've got to celebrate something. So we run the space now. We run it as a member space for sort of emerging printmakers. So that's what Mary, sort of rolling in the background, she's one of our printmakers that has a key and can come and use the space whenever she wants. And then we also um, run small, short courses in here. So, and that's where we teach people in, in depth. So a lot of the time people will come to community print nights, get really excited about carving wood or lino and the printmaking process that happens. And then they'll come and join for a sort of five-week or a weekend course and learn in depth how to make their own artwork, which is, yeah. So when I'm not here making prints or teaching people how to make prints, I am sat at home working on illustration commissions, mainly, that's what I do. Um, Or working my allotment, which is a bit more exciting than that. Um, I've got a big allotment and chickens and and two children that keep me very busy as well. Sounds like you've got a lot on at the moment. A lot on my plate, yeah. So what do you do um, with your illustrations? What kind of commissions do you get? Um, It's a real variety from like music posters to album covers to even like sort of small logo design projects that I work on. Um, I just, yeah, mainly logo designs is like the bread and butter that people want. yeah, I, I, the, I just showed you a minute ago the calendar for the Land Workers Alliance. That was the most exciting project that I did last year, which was amazing. We sort of designed 13 lino cuts celebrating, again, farming um, around, the, around the UK. And then we printed 3,000 of them and sold them to sort of support the union. Um, and that was really exciting. 
yeah projects sort of I think generally because my own personal work always follows themes of farming and food growing and sort of food sovereignty I tend to get commissions from like-minded individuals which is nice <laughs> I think yeah there's the um, classic Bristol thing of lots of things being quite word of mouth and community based and grassroots and that kind of thing and it must be really nice to get commissions off recommendation rather than having to really push yourself and advertise yourself and it's yeah. friend, yeah, mutual friends and things like that will come up to you and be like right I've seen what you've done here this is lovely and that's totally yeah, it, it must that be is such how a it rolls. rewarding way of making money yeah. yeah yeah it's the best so lots of people try and start off their own businesses and companies and things like that and it's often very difficult to find a niche or set yourself up if you haven't got money backing you and I was just wondering how you how you started out on this project I know you said um you were lucky enough to have your partner make the printing press which is the most expensive investment in here mm. how, yeah how did you get it how did you get the printing press off the ground not the we actual machine mad, mad naivety I think yeah. <laughs> absolute naivety just like yeah let's just do it and we invested every penny we had in building the studio so it was literally all out of our savings mine Meg's and Constantinos's like little tiny buffer that we had was spent on this without any real business plan we were totally just absorbed in it and decided that this is what we wanted to do um but I think there, like in hindsight, there were so many things we could have done better, like applying for grants. There are small grants out there, plenty of different things for small businesses to kind of help get them off the ground, especially if they have a community-focused kind of reach. But we just wanted to do it then and there, and we, we weren't very good at writing applications. I guess like anyone that starts a small business needs to have a crazy determination, like a fire in their gut to keep going and to work around the clock because it's exhausting because you do everything you are the accountant you are the secretary you are answering the phones you're the cleaner you're everything all at the same time so you have to be a bit mad to do it don't you do you, do you feel like it's paying off I definitely think it is paying off yeah I'm really uh, you've caught me on a good week and I'm really excited at the moment because finally we're getting approached by organizations that want to hire us to do things and are recognizing what we're doing here and even Mary, the member that is rolling away in the studio today, turned around and said, "You've actually made something. It's like you've made a, you've made something, and now people want it, um, and that's really exciting. That yeah, people actually are recognising the hard it's work. It's taken hold. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of it is carving a little niche. So our studio, there there are other printmaking studios in Bristol. We've got Spike, which is an incredible mega printmaking studio." Um, but what we're doing here is really different to that because it's really DIY and it's a much smaller network of artists that are hopefully quite supportive to each other. Um, so, but we've been slowly chipping away and carving away that kind of name for ourselves in the corner of Easton. Um, and it feels like it's finally paying off. Have you ever had someone come in on one of your printmaking evenings and you've just really seen them flourish and go on to do something great with their printmaking yeah quite a few amazing students have walked through our doors in the short time that we've been it's only two years we've been open um yeah there's there's a few there's one student who i absolutely love who was on the first course that we ever taught here and she became a member and has been printmaking now since since the very beginning of cato press and she 
is now teaching her own classes, which is so exciting for me. I'm like, yes, you like you're doing this. Um, and she's awesome. She's an amazing printmaker. And yeah, I've just seen her confidence grow and grow and grow, and seen her sort of develop as an artist. It makes you feel really proud. It's not me. It's nothing to do with me. It's all her. But it's just nice that we've been Kato Press has been a kind of facilitator of that, and that we've helped her story to grow. That's really cheesy. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, I think yeah, it must be nice to see your influence. Yeah. in a positive way like that I think that's it for us it was it was always that was the, the core of it it was like creating a printmaking studio that didn't have a lot of art establishments have this kind of real I don't know like they're, they're looking down on you if you don't know everything if you're not like super, like printmaking in particular always felt like it was very like layered in like a hierarchy of pretentiousness really or just like very like you know oh you don't know and you're, you haven't got the training and you can't you can't be here you can't use this space until you've got you know the top level training but I feel like that stifles creativity and so for us it was always about being really welcoming that's why the community print nights are so core to everything we do because it's bringing people in and, and show, giving them the tools and letting them realise that actually anyone can do this and make beautiful art you don't need to be an incredible, incredible drafts person you don't need to have gone on all the courses you can come and use the space and, and make something unique and get all of that enjoyment. Um, yeah, so I think that, I don't, I'm, I kind of lost my point in my ramble, but I think this space has always been about being accessible, I think, for all different types of people. And Is that speaking from experience? Like when you first started printing, did you find that there were people who were expecting you to have like a really high level of training or something massively yeah well I, yeah when I went to university I felt very intimidated by the print studio the print rooms there and like if you weren't part of the cool clique you didn't really feel like you could get in there mm. um it definitely yeah definitely from experience of experiencing print studios that are just much more closed off and really serious and stifling really I think that's it we wanted to make a space that was more dynamic and energetic and embracing um, that creativity when it first sparks and like it's not just about following the rules that you can be playful like everything in here we built ourselves from the press to the <laughs> like we've got rollers that have been hand built we've got like all of the tables all of the glasses old windows it's not like if you went to another print studio you'd see that we're not following the rules uh, yeah. it seems a strange thing to me that something like printmaking something creative would have a weird sort of cliquey atmosphere in it like yeah. it seems like it doesn't really fit yeah is that just like a, a snobbery of it's people treating it as fine art compared to something else I think or? maybe it's something yeah it's maybe it's to do with that maybe it's to do with it it's just it's quite a I don't know, the majority of printmakers are a lot older and have learnt the, the rules of the system and things seem to... So for me, with Kato Press, what really... I think, I guess, going back to the core, but what really inspired me to make this press was when I, was, I went to Mexico and I saw all these incredible DIY workshops where people had just... They didn't have the materials to buy all the fancy stuff and they just built it themselves. Um kind of in this in this very DIY grassroots everyone like people from the street were coming in and printing together and that's that was kind of the big inspiration behind this I think that in Europe generally printmaking it's just it's just a it's a fine art isn't it it's it's steeped in tradition and 
people expect you to follow the rules. Um, yeah. That's just no fun, is it? It's no fun yeah. for me, anyway. Yeah. I'm a sloppy printmaker. Yeah. I don't want to follow all the, <laughs> all the rules. I want to make a mess and enjoy it. As an illustrator, who or what is like your dream commission? there's so many wouldn't it like there's just so many exciting people in the world that's a really big question at the moment I've got this real like mini goal well not a mini goal it's a huge goal but I, I'm really obsessed with this um so a lot of the prints that I make are really political or they're they're trying to say something they're not just beautiful for the sake of being beautiful um and there's a collective in the states called Just Seeds which is a um a collective of political printmakers and I'm secretly trying to build up a portfolio so I can go and say please can I hang out with you guys <laughs> <laughs> there's 30 of them and they're all Americans it's probably really unlikely but that yeah just seeds if you want to give me a call you're welcome <laughs> I'm waiting Let's hope they're listening, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so how can people get involved with Cato, so, so we have members so you can join and be a member of Cato Press um, you have to have some printmaking experience so you have to have either done one of our courses or like have some demonstrable like obvious experience so you could use we can leave you alone with the press and then you yeah you pay a monthly fee of £40 and you're part of the team and you can come whenever you like and make your prints um, and then obviously if you're not at that stage at all but you're just interested there's the community print nights where you can come and just start to see what it's all about and learn about the space and get involved with some really cool community groups and so when how often do you do your community print nights once a month and we try and make it the last Sunday of the month but generally we release the dates on our website or on our emails okay and what's your website how can people find you online it's www.catopress.org Nice and easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thanks a lot for talking to me. Thank you. Um, and yeah, good luck, good luck for the future. Thanks.